Hey, Rockheads, it's time for NDC Oslo again, June 15th through 19th in Oslo, Norway. And you can save over $200 if you sign up before March 15th, but that's just a couple days away. So go to ndc-oslo.com now and register. Richard and I will be there, of course, as well as all your favorite speakers. World-class stuff here, folks. ndc-oslo.com. We'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1112 with guest Tim Huckabee. Recorded Thursday, March 5th, 2015. Hey, Richard. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Uh, Less snow than you. We are covered again (laughs) in snow. It just never ends. The East got two winters and we got none. Two? Two? <laughs> we we had two in January. We're up to the 10th winter now. Oh, man. It's crazy. Uh, you know, because it's spring here, right? So I, Yeah, I, right. I got to tell yeah. you a story about poor Zach, my dog. Oh, do tell. Well, he's 10 years old now, so he's almost past middle age. You know, Karen Terriers lived to about 16 to 18 years old. So I, I took him in for a physical. He needed to be checked out by the vet. So, uh, right. And they found a couple of his teeth are starting to go bad, and they wanted to remove them, which means dental surgery. So, uh, oh. And that means full anesthetic for a dog. You know, your dog won't sit still in the, in the dentist chair. Yep. He needs an epidural. Yeah. So then, then they have to do heart <laughs> tests and things because if you're going to give anesthetic, you got to be sure you know what's going on. So, you know, right. several hundred dollars worth of tests later. Yes, he's going to be safe to do the dental work. So off he goes. Uh, and I feel so bad for the dog, you know, like he has no idea yeah. what's going on and it just wrecks him for a day. I can't feed him for a day beforehand and then it wrecks him for another couple of days. And then I left town. But he also is, doesn't register pain, right? So it's, you can't feel that bad for well, him. Well, except his mouth was swollen. He couldn't eat. He couldn't open. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's hard. He, yeah, that he, sucks. They pulled four little teeth that had, were going bad. So oh, they weren't okay. the major teeth, not his canines or his, or his molars or anything, but just the little ones. So I then I leave town. I go to Amsterdam to, to do a consulting gig. And by Tuesday, he was finally feeling better. And he got let out early and found a skunk. Mm-hmm. Ah, you mean the skunk found him? <laughs> and the skunk shot him square in the open mouth. Oh, so that's terrible. So S- Stacy gets to deal with this. Uh, the funny part, of course, is I'm in Amsterdam when she messages me. So I hop on to the exterior cameras uh, and watch the whole event unfold as she's oh my God. battling a fully skunked dog. And the dog's in agony, right? Like he's choking and yeah. drooling and he's eaten oh. dirt to try and mitigate it and rolled around in it. Oh, so. that's terrible. Yeah, that's like bugger. probably analogous to eating a really bad hot pepper. Something, yeah. I mean, it... it <laughs> He's still, I mean, they've done the peroxide and baking soda bath and all the things. Tomato to try juice. And get out. Uh, tomato juice is a bit of a myth, actually. The peroxide and baking really? soda is the most powerful. Okay. But anyway. Well, that's good to know. That's poor old Zach the dog. He's feeling better, but he's still a little stinky. Well, I also have a story, but it's all within the realm of Better Know Framework. So roll the music, my friend. Awesome. <laughs> All right, buddy, what do you got? Okay, well, the story starts with the uh, 
Music to Code by Project, oh, yeah. which uh, required a shopping cart solution, right? Yes. So I have a, uh, a shopping cart that I built myself in ASP.NET at pwop.com that I've been using to sell my CDs, arguably not very many CDs, because, you know, let's face it, CDs are a thing of the past. Yeah, sure. But every once in a while, somebody wants a signed CD of my music, so that's why I have it. Anyway. I found out that, you know, when you put this thing under a heavy load, and it's not just the load, but the number of transactions, you're going to find problems. Right. And some of these problems were based on the architecture. It's just something I really slapped together. I didn't mean it to be extensible. So um, so I basically wanted to find an e-commerce solution that wasn't going to break the bank. It needed to handle credit cards and PayPal, which mine does both. And I got to tell you, I looked at this project and that project and, and I couldn't even get any of them to compile, oh, let wow. alone. Oh, yeah. There's so much crappy stuff out there in this realm. And I'm not going to name names, but let's just say I went through seven off the shelf open source projects before I found one that even compiled. So I finally settled on Nop Commerce. And if you, that's my better know framework. It's nopcommerce.com, N-O-P-commerce.com. This is an ASP.NET MVC open source, completely free solution nice. that uses the best, best, uh, pad, all the latest patterns and modern software. It's really, really well done. And you can just download the source and, uh, it has, uh, skins. Some of them are free. Some are not free. But it sort of reminds me of the whole .NET Nuke thing. In fact, it might even be based on .NET Nuke. I'm not sure. But um, it has a nice back-end admin system. But this is where the story gets interesting. So the database is, by default, a SQL Compact Edition file. Oh, no kidding. All right. That's the default. But you can point it to another database with a connection string or a SQL server or whatever, and it will create the database there. So I created a new database in Azure. Nice. And sure enough, it just created all the tables. It uses Entity Framework, right? So there's barely any store procedures. And uh, and I got it up and running in a couple of days, but I had some issues with SSL, which, let's face it, if you have a shopping cart, you need SSL. Yes, you do. Yeah. And the issues were so not obvious, and the fixes were so unintuitive. I'm actually going to write a blog post about it. So I'm going to walk through in this blog post, which we'll post a link to. I haven't written it yet. All of the the gotchas that I, you know, that I experienced while installing this thing. But the end result is, if you go to https secure.pwop.com, you can go to my new. Uh, shopping cart, e-commerce, web store, whatever you call it. The first day, which was today, that it was up, basically I went to sleep and I woke up and there was 12 orders. Nice. So it does work and it works well. That's great. So there you go. If you're looking, and and, you know, there's plenty of options if you don't want to go through all this, that you can just pay some server, some site, you know, like a hundred bucks a month and be done with it. That's fine. But if you have low volume stuff, like, who knows if I'm going to even sell hundred bucks worth of CDs in a month, right? You know, it's, you got to pay for that no matter what. So, yep. 
that there's the solution right there. Nop Commerce. You're gonna run it yourself. I'm very happy with it. You can put this stuff together. Yep. All and right. just with a little help, you can you can get going. Especially in Azure, it makes it a lot easier. Nice. There you go. So who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 947, the one we did with Mr. Huckabee. Where we were, Mr. Huckabee. Yeah, we were talking about that's when Connect 2 was new and the PC stuff yep. was still coming and so forth. And I think we ended up talking about a lot of different hardware there because uh, uh, Eric Stendahl said, uh, the emotive headset. Did we talk about the emotive? We must have. We must have. Must be the ultimate couch potato gadget. No longer <laughs> do you have to exert yourself and reach for the remote. Goodness knows. Just think about changing channels. The next step, of course, would be to make a change channels whenever you're bored. So many possibilities. I don't, <laughs> I don't really think that's the best application for that thing. It's really a portable EEG. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I, I like it for commands and stuff, but let's face it. We don't always think in commands. We tend to think of things. And just by thinking of them, we don't want that to be a trigger for the computer to do anything, you know, unless it's a specifically uh, thought of command, you know, like if you're bored, change the channel. I'd be scared to have a system like that. Well, do you remember that show we did back in 2011 with Guy Smith Farrar? Because he was talking about monitoring using the emotive but not doing the command stuff just looking at the how the patterns change and that reminds me of a conversation we had i don't know a week or so ago we were talking about yeah with music to code by uh, right. just actually being able to evaluate are you in flow that is a totally different thing yeah and in evaluation and measurement and that kind of stuff is really interesting yeah so you know yeah and there would be an interesting set of measurements of just looking at what your brain looks like without music to code by and what it looks like with music to code by. Like, could you empirically measure out, this is getting me into flow faster? I actually have a really good book I'd like to recommend called This Is Your Brain on Music, which is kind of like that. They put, you know, people in whatever scans, pet scan, cat scan, whatever it was, and then watch the brain react to music and uh, to see what happened. It's it's really a fascinating uh, topic to me. Absolutely. Cool, man. Well, there's your comment. Yeah. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or in any of our mobile apps because we've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8 and Windows 8. And that brings us to Tim Huckabee. He is not only one of the original guests of .NET Rocks, but he's also an industry luminary focused on engaging user experiences, user interaction design, and the natural user interface as applied with software and systems of all industries. Mr. Huckabee's expertise encompasses NUI as touch, gesture, voice, and neural interfaces. He doesn't need any more uh, introduction. It goes on and on. Mr. Huckabee, how are you, sir? Gentlemen, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Poised for the future. Yeah, there just seems to be more and more, doesn't there? Where do we start, man? Do we start with uh, the Kinect going to the Xbox controller, maybe? Yeah, or do we do we start with the uh, emotive headset and how awesome Tan Lee and her company are, or do we start with this this HoloLens thing? Y you tell me. Well, you know, maybe we should just sew up the, the, the present before we jump to the future. Bring us up to date on uh, Connect for Windows 2. 
Well, um, there, there's a slight calamity that I'm going to have to try to avoid, um, which is kind of negative. I might as well say it since I just spilled it. Do, do you know they ran out of Kinect sensors? No. Yeah. No, I did not. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure the <laughs> consumer of division of Microsoft is probably now completely bummed that I said it out loud, but there is a temporary picture of me putting quotes around that, a temporary shortage of Kinect version two sensors. That's, we're not just talking Kinect for Windows. We're talking for the actual Xbox. You cannot right. go to the Microsoft company store right now and purchase one. It's quite frustrating for us here at um, World Headquarters of Internology in Carlsbad, mm. California. That's that's a, a a joke, of course, because we're a tiny mm. little company. Because um, <laughs> we have we have these giant pilots coming that require yeah. numerous Connect uh, for Windows devices, and um, As do we. it looks it looks like end of March is is the first availability for these things. Wow. So that's the bad news. The good news is that we have continued to invest in this magical $200 device. And the engineering that comes out of this company is just jaw-dropping awesome. It is. And Tim, we should also say that the Connect for Windows device no longer exists. That if you're going to use it with Windows, you need to use the Xbox controller plus a what is it? Forty dollar adapter, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much it cost, and they have plenty of these Connect for Windows adapters available um, yeah. on the Microsoft Store. <laughs> There's no actual sensors, but yeah, they they right. made it easier on themselves and just sold the generic sensor because it's identical. Unlike the version one product, it's identical whether you plug it into an Xbox or a Windows device. It's just you have this USB-like adapter thing that allows you to plug it into a Windows device. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, since we already talked about Emotive and Tan Lee and how awesome she is, I'd uh, like everybody to know that the Emotive headset, the second version, the second generation that we've been talking about now for over a year, I believe, has still not shipped but is just now being shipped in dribs and drabs to backers. Is that right? Oh, well, that would be news to me. I I peek in on them, you know, once a month or so because I think we're all excited about that next generation device. And by mm. the way, your description of use cases is completely legitimate. You know, we're we're a decade away from command level thinking. Meaning in right. in, in uh, the ultimate solution, the the dream I have is um, you know, someone with MS or a paraplegic, quadriplegic is steering his or her wheelchair by thinking at it. And we're a decade away from that. However, being that said, emotional tracking is significant. Well, they already have that. They already did that, Kit. Tim, they already did that. On the, on the video, there's a guy driving his wheelchair around with an emotive headset, the original version. Yeah, and and did you see what happened at the end? He freaked out. It was he was pretending like he was in a wheelchair. He freaked out and jumped out of the thing because he couldn't really control it. But yeah, that's oh, okay. that's the the use case <laughs> Nirvana. Um, yeah, but but in terms, you know, the the motive thing is is really to me it's it's emotional tracking. So the the obvious use case for me is. You know, we have all these engineers here. They listen to music all day while they, while they slay code. And um, it, it would be a really interesting use case for the emotive 
to track how they were feeling about the music while they were coding and right. and develop playlists based on that. That would be one of those inane, innate, what's the word, you know, in the background type solutions until the human brain is mapped and you could actually translate it into a command. But yeah, still worth talking about, still exciting. I still dig it. The thing that uh, occurs to me is we're always looking for that one device to interpret a single command, but these things can be used in tandem, you know, eye tracking and thought control together. So you're looking at something and thinking something or eye tracking and voice commands, just as that added layer of, are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because the worst case scenario in these, you know, new command scenarios is when you know, they, they go haywire and, you know, you think of something just on a whim and it starts happening, you know? <laughs> Can you say the S word on this show? <laughs> well, we don't worry, Actually, we'll bleep as it. The, I think I'm the first Stuff, one that ever said, said the F word on this show, so you probably can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, so, you um, are. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up this point because, you know, we've come fo- so far on the software side of the Connect for Windows that... You know, we're doing emotional tracking now and, um, you know, by, by looking, ha- having the camera look at someone, we can determine whether they're happy or not. And if they're happy, we can, def- we can push content at them that, that hopes to influence them. You know, I'm working with a lot of brands and marketing and CPGs and, and consumer behavior. And it's just fascinating, fascinating stuff. I, I could talk about it for hours. Um, but but uh, you guys might not want, want me to uh, for sake of the show. What are the new projects for you now, dude? I mean, you've done so many already. Can you talk about some new applications? Y- yeah. yeah. Well, uh, for the friends of .NET Rocks, you know, the 10 gazillion people out there listening, I, I really don't mind telling you what we're up to. Um, I should probably explain some of the acronyms I just threw. Uh, the brands, that would be like... Um, you know, Perrier, uh, Kleenex, um, I'm just throwing out, you know, Coke, Pepsi. That's, that's generically what is called the brands with these, um, creative agencies. CPG is, what is CPG? Consumer packaged goods. Nice. That's CPGs. Uh, I'm surprised I remember that one. So anyways, we're working huh. with these companies and it's fascinating. We are developing what's essentially interactive digital signage. We have developed interactive digital signage with the Kinect camera that provides content in many forms. It's a coupon. In many forms, it's just a video or an advertisement based on what it sees. What does that mean? Uh, demographic tracking at a retail cost. You know, the, the Kinect device is 200 bucks. So we have invested three years of engineering, a lot of trig and a lot of calculus into figuring out race, age, and gender. And based on a campaign, which is often called a, um, uh, which is often delivered in a time slot, um, we now react based on a racial age um, and gender profile. And you know what's really interesting? They don't care about me, you, and, and Richard. We're, we're not in the demographic. All the brands and all the CPGs care about are millennials. And here's another mm. really interesting thing. I hope you find this interesting. 
the brands don't care about race anymore. In generic terms, the you know the world is getting browner. You know, mixed right. race, mixed race is taking over, which which means it's tremendously hard for us to do a racial profile, meaning Hispanic or African American or white or whatever. Um, and they just don't care anymore what your race is. Whereas twenty years ago, they really, really cared. Now there yeah. are exceptions to that, of course. You know, there are, there are pockets of the world where, um, up and coming middle class in a certain race is influenceable. Um, Los Angeles would be one of them. There's an up and coming Hispanic middle class that are, they're millennials and they're very influenceable. So, you know, Anheuser-Busch targets a, well, InBev is their, their parent targets advertising based on that profile. But for our intents and purposes, Really, it's we identify the age, we fit them in the millennial, we figure out if they're male or female, and we target, you know, a, a use case would be either a Diet Pepsi ad or a Pepsi ad. And it's all done with this magical Connect for Windows device and a lot of awesome software. I got to try and figure out what the heck you're looking at. Like whenever I look at the data coming out of uh, a Connect, it's just a stick figure. <laughs> Carl, you have to laugh at that too, because, you know, skeletal <laughs> tracking is certainly, right. um, the, the easiest way to program in .NET, the most effective yep. way. And when Carl and I go out there and we do these at these conferences, we do intro to connect programming sessions. We always focus on skeletal tracking. And I always demo jet Carl's yep. gesture pack and, and stuff like that. But the connect has other cameras in it, which make it magical, specifically, the infrared camera and the depth camera. And when right. you combine all of them together, and essentially the connect is just throwing data at you and you are just reacting to it, right? So when you combine all those cameras together, we can, you know, with the skeletal tracking camera, we can figure out where the humans are in the range of the connect device. And the new connect device can go out like 30 feet. Right. So we can pick out the first six, the closest six humans. And then from there, it's really easy to figure out where their face is. And that's where we start taking pictures. A lot of them rapid fire. And then that data gets thrown up to the cloud quickly in 2D. In the cloud, we have in Azure, we have a bunch of services, all this trig and calc that are taking these pictures and building profiles and, and building 3D, 3D models and, and doing all this demographic uh, profiling and, and doing it in a, a, a software real-time way and sending back the profile to the, the, the client. That's very cool. Does your software detect uh, zealots at the door who want to sign me up for this or that religion or, or a cult or something? Well... You know, without, <laughs> I hope that's a joke, but there's science yeah, in everything, right? <laughs> so if you could profile that particular religion you're talking about, and they all dress the same, and they all carry <laughs> that book in this, in the same hand, then yeah, sure, we could, Carl. But, but let me give you a, a more legitimate use case that, that you guys can get your arms around, or the, the listeners can get their arms around. We, um, I spun off a separate company, um, Richard is, is up on this, uh, that, uh, we, we make what is essentially transparent 
refrigerators and freezers. Oh my. Okay. The nice. trans, the trans, the screen, the, the, the refrigerator that you see in the grocery store or the 7-Eleven or, or, or wherever, the glass in the door is an HD capable transparent touchscreen. So they, so just process that. Now we're yep. running our software in that transparent screen. It means we can do things, really simple things like be running games or advertising or videos on the screen and detect when someone gets close because when they get close, we want to make it go clear, go blank so they can see inside. Right. That, that's a simple use case. Like I, I, yeah. if I'm, if I'm looking for, I don't know, lima beans in the grocery store, I, I don't want to be staring at a Coke ad. <laughs> I want to be able to see the lima beans amidst, amidst the corn and the green beans and such. Right. Right. Um, it gets really exciting when, you know, well, it gets really exciting when we, we do the demographic profiling, which is, which was within the laws of privacy in most of North America. Um, mm-hmm. meaning we're, we don't know who you are. You know, we're just, we just know you're a millennial and you're a male. So we're going to target the, um, energy drink, drink ad at you because Energy drink, energy drinks are, are huge. It's a multi-billion dollar industry with male millennials. Of course, the question is, what is a millennial? And that's arguable, but we're basically talking about people half our age. <laughs> me, you, and me, right? Right? We're talking about our children. They're targeting our children. So you can determine people's age in your algorithm. With accuracy now. Uh, our, our challenge, Carl, from an engineering perspective, for the last three years was we could always do it, but it took so long and it wasn't inaccurate. Now we can do it lightning quick with accuracy and accuracy to the brand. All they really care about is, are you a millennial? And that's like a 20 year age range, but we can get, we can pin you down within five years. Most people, 80% of the people we can pin down within five years. If we get a good look at them, so if I walked up to one of these things, would it show me an ad for a, a scale or some diet pills or maybe some celery? Well, we have this killer <laughs> demo that, um, that, you know, I kind of uh, envisioned and masterminded and then I had the boys and girls build it out. We have this killer demo that's jaw dropping cool that you'll undoubtedly see at my next keynote, but, um, it, it has been seen by, I can't throw names, but the CEOs of three of the Fortune 10. It's so compellingly okay. awesome. You just, so the demo is you, you walk in front of this stuff, and it's, it's a demo that uses our technology, and it demographically profiles you. It tells you, you know, Tim, you're, you know, it's kind. So it says, Tim, you're 50. I'm really 53. And, and it says you're white, and it says you're a male. And, and it also gives the confidence levels. Now, to answer your question, Carl, if you were to step in front of it, we have this cheat mode, this diagnostic mode. I call it vanity mode, where, where you can, <laughs> where you can screw with the metrics by which it's measuring, right? So I can okay. tell it to profile you as skinny and handsome and 20 years old, if, if I really wanted to. <laughs> awesome. Sign me up. Okay. Done. <laughs> How do we battle the creepiness factor on all this exactly, stuff? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, That's a huge so and I haven't even got into 
the identity thing. Oh, so you haven't you haven't touched on the creepy part yet. No, you haven't no, gone it's totally creepy. Um, the science and the engineering is is awesome, and we all dig it. But there is there is you know privacy law for a reason, and and you know I'm a if if I'm a consumer, I, I, there's no way in hell I'm going to be agree on like Nordstrom's website. If I was if I was ever to shop in a Nordstrom's, and you guys know me, there's no way in hell I'd ever go in there. But but. Uh, if I were to go on Nordstrom's website and opt in to be tracked while I'm in the store, I would never do that. Not a million years. Guess who would? My wife. Because for yeah. 40% off, she would say, sure, watch me. You know, if I'm going to get 40% off cute shoes, sure, absolutely watch me. So I haven't yeah. got into the creepy part, which is facial recognition and facial identity, identification. So, and that's actually easier than doing a demographic profile. Um, the difference is basically in facial recognition, you submit your picture, you know, in some way, shape or form. And we essentially pattern match it when you walk in front of the camera, right? That's the science. That's the engineering identification. We have the power though, not that we're doing this. But we could, with the technology we built here at Internology, we could easily accommodate the use case where Richard wanders into his local, I don't know, do you have 7-Elevens up there in Vancouver, yep. Richard? Yeah, sure okay. do. Richard and Zach wander into the 7-Eleven, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we, we have the ability to say, to know that Richard's been there before. Right. We also have the ability to know that Richard always buys a Coke on Saturday morning when he takes Zach out for a walk and, you know, or a water for Zach after Zach chases a bear up a tree or something like that. You know, we, we can do that. The, the, the future of retail type scenario that all these CPG and these brand people want, they want to track my wife in Nordstrom's. They want to see what she buys and what she doesn't buy. And when she looks at something twice, they want to push her some incentive that gets her to buy it. Right. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Know what time it is? It must be that happy time again. Yep. Time to obey the court order and turn off the anti-zealot fire hose doorbell. <laughs> Floating head of death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when I get a hold of relays. There you go. Water control. All right. Anyway, it's time to give away a D-Experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero and tell Mark that he looks pretty good streaking across the lawn as a Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Stuart Brent. Right, congratulations, Stuart. Golf claps for you. Stuart just won the DevExpress D-Experience subscription. That's a big pile of awesome. By the way, that's what they give away. I uh, You checked it out. I checked it out. Yeah, that's what they're giving away. 
Uh, it's still a great big pile of awesome from Dev Express. And if you don't know what we're talking about here, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. And every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away $5,000 worth of technology to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But you got to sign up to win. Tim, it's your turn. If you, This ought to be good. If you have $5,000 to spend right now on technology, sir, what would you buy? I, I, have, I always have trouble with this. I've been on your show so many times. Um, I want a HoloLens, and I don't care how much it costs. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and here's our big fear with HoloLens. We, I can speak for you guys and the whole audience. We don't know how much it's going to cost. Nope. If, if no. it's $10,000, then forget it. It's just going to kill it. But if it's consumer price, like the price of a Surface device, oh, my goodness. We're talking huge, right? Well, so I want a HoloLens. I don't care how much it costs. It's I'm, a unicorn. I'm, I was hoping you were going to tell us about the work you were doing with the HoloLens. Yeah, really. <laughs> Funny that you say that. One might speculate. <laughs> I knew you were going to say those three words. Yeah, well, Carl and I both sit in that um, MVP group with the Connect for Windows team, right. and uh, yeah. they own the HoloLens technology. Hmm. I, I cannot tell you how many creative use cases I've got in email. Uh, yep. the, the HoloLens team isn't ready for anyone to build anything on it right now, to tell you the truth, um, but we're getting very close. I'm just hoping they have a dev model that people can handle. Well, yeah, that's another risk. They're, they're supposedly they're going to do a universal API. That's the gossip. I would like that. Yeah. From what I've seen, from what's leaked, and you can just go Google it yourself, it's going to be pretty awesome. Unless it costs too much money. This right. is one of those that's things right. that's so exciting from the developer's perspective that it will go viral if it's, you know, consumer price. Sure. My, my concern, of course, is that we've only seen videos of this thing, which means they've exactly. edited out every time it didn't work. <laughs> right. right? CGI is a beautiful thing. I wish I was talented in it. But, well, and yeah. I, would, I wasn't even presuming CGI. Let's presume that everything we saw was absolutely real. The question is, how much of that was the – how much non-working time did they have to cut out to get that working time? Hmm. Guys, from what I've heard from an insider is that the videos accurately represent the experience of using the HoloLens. And that's from an insider that worked in the project. And one might speculate <laughs> that, <laughs> that come build time frame, which, you know, we're, we're just weeks away from build. It, it, for people who are into the HoloLens and its potential, you're going to want to watch that opening keynote. <laughs> you're, yeah. Just trust yeah, me. Bet. Trust me on that one. All right. I want to jump back to me walking my dog. <laughs> uh, just addressing this whole creepiness thing. Because, of course, the reality is I do walk my dog. And I usually walk him to the neighborhood Starbucks. And the staff there know me. I don't have to order my drink anymore. Heck, they see me coming around the corner while I'm tying up the dog. They start making my drink. So, yep. And it just, it's the way you just described it. With with the whole you recognize me da 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 da. That's not any different to in my mind than the baristas at my local Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, Richard. But yeah. there's so there's something different about it because it's not human. If you walk into a drugstore and it says, "Hey, Richard, you should buy some Preparation H for those hemorrhoids," 
How do you know I have hemorrhoids and what else can you see on my body, right? That's the question that comes to mind. Like, how do you know that? Well, and that's people projecting behavior onto machines. The only reason it knows is because it bought the stuff before. Okay, but what if it says, hey, you should really do something about that scar on your abdomen. So it's obviously like looking inside my clothes and seeing me. You know what I'm saying? It gets to a <laughs> point where... You've gone full on creepy now, Carl. We're, we're not going to look inside your clothes. There is that, no reason no why it's not going to go there. To Plus, it's private. That violates privacy law. However... Right, I know that. I can give you many use cases that would totally make sense that you and Richard would do. Well, frankly, if Richard went to a Starbucks in... I don't know where Toronto. Right. He'd want the same type of customer service yeah. as him and Z- yeah, if, that's if he true. could put Zach on an airplane, get him to Toronto, and when once he starts getting within twenty feet, they're already making his order. You know, that's the type of thing that might be valuable for Richard the consumer. There is there's ways to do that now, and the the way I'm thinking of is when you walk in the door, you scan your card. It takes a picture of you, and so then the guy, the people know by the time you get up there what you ordered last and what you would might like to order next. Which leads me into what I casually mentioned earlier in an opt-in scenario where you have a locally installed application on your telephone, on your iOS or Android telephone, um, with low-powered Bluetooth, you know, in a combination of um, uh, beacon devices... We can blow away the geofencing thing. We we can get proximity like inside a building within an air within an airport. And uh, the use case I was listening to yesterday from one of the largest credit card companies of the world was the business traveler is wandering through the airport. They have a privileged. I might as well say it out loud. They have a no. I can't say it out loud. They have a privileged account on this credit card. And once they get close to the club, it pushes a message to their phone, you know, a notification, not an email, not a text message, a notification. Hey, you're within the club. Did you realize your credit card privileges allow you in here? That that I would opt in to do in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah that's nice. Well, because you don't particularly want to go in to ask. Uh, do I have privilege to go in here or not? And frankly, do you honestly know what your benefits are on your credit card i don't barely stanfield yeah. does but we the three of us don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like that because it just reduces friction and you know richard and i are always talking about things that reduce friction it's the the potential disappointment of being turned down at the desk no you can't come into this club yeah i don't need extra rejection i get enough of that from my wife <laughs> oh, did I say oh, that loud? That's not right. Really? I'm glad you said it because you I should take that back, throw. Mr. Campbell. I, I take it back. I love you, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, the uh, um, the book uh, Paradox of Choice talks about exactly that. Regret being a more powerful force means there's all these opportunities that aren't being used. And uh, and having a tool that would sort of alleviate that is pretty compelling. Very. And and I just that that I keep coming back to. I just love that we can do this now instead of on multi million dollar biometric security systems. We're doing it on two hundred dollar connect devices. Yeah. 
Yep. I just think that's awesome. In high-level languages like .NET. I just love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. To me, it seems like the ultimate occupancy sensor. You know, as, as someone who's had to deal with provisioning and configuring buildings and stuff where you want to know, is there someone in this room or not? You know, occupancy sensing is really hard. And this thing, not only be pretty darn confident it's found a human in the room and in that they're alive, but how, you can even give a shot at what they're doing. It's one of those things, too. This demo I've told you about that does our demographic tracking, uh, has the science in it. it. It's just something you really have to see. It's something you have to step in front of. So... I probably should do a quick little developer video and, um, you know, hang it on the Internology Vimeo site so that by the time we publish this, because people that are interested in this are going to freak out. It's so freaking cool. I would like to see a room, you know, that can hold a hundred or so people with multiple connects all around, counting the people that they can see, and then some sort of service that puts all that together and tries to come up with an accurate count. That would be a fun project. Well, and, and frankly, in the digital advertising thing, that they're asking us to count people who ha look at the ad and for how long they look at it. We're, we're building yeah. this analytics, you know, big data thing in the cloud in Azure. It's <laughs> just going to be a gold mine for, pe for some yeah. people, right? Yeah. So, so... You know, we're, we're limited can connect to, you know, it can only see six people at a time. And I think that's where you're going here, Carl. So right. we, we count the, the closest track six and we count, you know, whether they're looking at the screen and when they look away and whether they're happy or not when they're looking at it and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I agree. The daisy chaining things, it's the, the, the things are so relatively inexpensive to daisy chain them. And, and observe a large body of people, like at the build conference. Right. Wouldn't that be I interesting? Oh, by the way, all you people in the audience is, I'm picturing Scott Guthrie saying this, you know, in his red shirt. By the way, we're, we're using connect devices to see how happy you are with our today's announcements. And then he throws up some stats and a beautiful data visualization and says, Oh, it looks like you're pretty happy, right? <laughs> that'd, that'd be a great, that'd be a great demo for Scott. And trust me, people in that audience and the people watching are going to be really happy if you're into, if you're into programming and, and .NET and universal API and hollow, hollow lens and all that. But I get the counting and I get the looking. How do you do happy? Well, not well. <laughs> <laughs> right um and, and carl uh, if you've ever played with the that particular api it comes for free picture that in quotes on the connect it, but you can fool it i, I don't know yep. if this is significant and honestly the brands and the cpgs don't care but you can f fool it by pretending you're happy like forcing a fake smile hmm. you know but it's basically math richard it's looking at your mouth and it's looking at the upturn and it's deciding it's it's saying that mostly that a smile means happy, right. I believe. Yeah, Tim, have you tried holding up a picture of a face and putting it over your face? <laughs> yeah, of course. We've done a lot of things. Um, in the testing we do, it's hilarious. You know, the after hours testing 
where you put on fake beards and you put on sunglasses and <laughs> yeah. you, know, you try and fool the thing. Yeah, we put, um, you know, Brad Pitt on a stick and, you know, a picture of Brad Pitt <laughs> on a stick and <laughs> added profile Brad. That, as you well know, the Kinect doesn't get fooled by that. Right? The Kinect uh, basically treats the skeleton, which where we started this conversation, it figures yeah. out it's a human by the skeleton and then works from there. Um, right. we, we, the, the, a picture is so 2D, you know, that we, we just, it looks like, it looks like mush to, yeah. to, to our software, you know, when you have a yeah. 2D picture of Brad Pitt. But, uh, yeah, Richard, we've tried everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of crying, funny moments in front of this Connect device here at Internology. Now you put on a Halloween mask. If it's well, good. if you, yeah, if you had some 3D to it. Yeah. You know, then I bet if the mask was realistic enough, I bet right. you could get demographically profiled. I bet you could. You know, it would have some confidence. For us, it's, you know, we do a confidence. You know, Tim, you're a male and I'm 80% confident you're a male. Tim, you're between, you're 50 years old and I'm 60% confident you're 50 years old. You know, that type of stuff. Tim, your complexion is a little rubbery today. Yeah, to, well, <laughs> it, it, you know, I do have to just do, back to the creepy thing. There's yeah. another issue with this stuff in that in, in simply in doing testing on this thing, just generic usage testing, I always do the disclaimer to someone who walks in front of it. If you are uncomfortable being profiled older than you actually are or being profiled in a gender that you not actually are, then do not walk in front of this thing, <laughs> right? You know, my my lovely bride, who you know well, Kelly, we just celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary last night. She would never step in that in front of that thing for fear it would tell everybody her actual age. Right? <laughs> 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 now, and I was just looking at a product the other day uh, that was making the rounds that was a pair of glasses frames that are hyper-reflective against most cameras. So it basically whites out your face in the process. So, you know, in regular life, you look normal. It's just a pair of glasses frames. But under the eyes of the CCDs, you, your face is blurred out, basically. Interesting. Here, oh, I saw me, that. Anybody who uh, doesn't want to be um, facially tracked, like, for instance, there's a lot of facial identification in airports. You know, the... The state of our world dictates that in an airport, security has to watch everybody. Just, just assume that. If you ever want to fool any facial tracking system, including ours, um, you just tilt your head sideways. Because <laughs> yeah. all facial tracking starts at an even parallel plane of the eyes. If you can't get a parallel plane on the eyes, then we can't facially track you. Wow. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't have said that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it also, so what happens to the guy wearing the eye patch? Yeah, that's very difficult. No confidence. We, we, you know, or the guy wearing sunglasses or the guy with a heavy beard. You know, if you're wearing a beard, it's very hard for us to tell that you're a white 45 to 55 Canadian. It's just really hard. Because it just breaks up the line of the face. It's just that they're, the analyzation of so many components of the face make up the metric of by which we apply the math. And if you can't get all the inputs, you're not going to get the right outputs. 
Well, I think, you know, when we were talking through this, even going all the way back to the emotive conversation, there was this whole idea of as long as you're looking at any one given sensor, you're kind of taking a chance. You're going to get erroneous data and you don't you can't compare your erroneous data to good data. I think this whole idea of sensor fusion which the military is really big on these days is they, oh, yeah. you know, this is what the F-22 and the F-35 are all about is this idea that they take all these different sensors and so they can discard the erroneous data and have an overall composition that's of a higher confidence. I mean, you're at some degree, it sounds like you're doing that with the connect. You're using optical lenses as well as the infrared stuff to try and put this together. It's just got to be amazing to go to a few more senses and not just a few more connects, but some other kinds of sensors and compose this data together. And and let's be honest about using a $200 Kinect camera to do this. Um, as Carl will tell you, the, the, the environment by which the Kinect is set up really affects how accurate we can be. You know, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's ultimately an infrared device, so right. it hates fluorescent lights. Our lab, you know, where we do all our testing for all the software we build, our lab is like a ton of fluorescent lights. And, and to get a perfect scenario, well, frankly, we can't. We can't in this office here in Carlsbad, California. We do not have a perfect environment for Connect just because of lighting, because fluorescent lights wash out your face. If you're into photography, and, I, and I, I'm barely dangerous in it, but, um, you know, if your face is washed out, the Connect's not getting a good look at you. And, and our confidence is is not good. Right, Tim. I found that for skeletal tracking, yep, the old Connect device didn't work well at or at all under fluorescent light, and it didn't work at all in sunlight. And I found those two things to be totally different with the Connect V2. I found that f uh, in certain fluorescent light situations, and I can't tell you which, it works better than anything. And also, if you find yourself um, having errors or dropping down your bit rate or anything like that, open a window. Sunlight actually does the trick for me for skeletal tracking. I'm glad you said it, Carl. <laughs> I'm glad you said it because I, and I don't think anybody here at Internology, all these brilliant engineers, can figure out what the prescription is for the new device. Because we're, we're, we're doing that too. We're, we're actually introducing um, camera lights to light up your face and they're staring right at the connect device and it seems yep. to actually work better yeah so i don't know what the rhyme or reason is either i just know we judge it based on this confidence um, metric that we send back on the api sunlight works and i'll tell you what else i i had to have a program that i wrote that was charged with overlaying um uh the skeleton on video and I was having the hardest time getting those things, A, to sync up, and B, to be fast. As you know, if the, you, you first of all, don't use the multi... The multi-frame reader, yeah. Yeah, the multi-frame reader. Yeah, that that's a piece of junk. <laughs> Basically, and, and I got this right from the team, the best way to do it is to use the body frame reader, and for every frame you get, then go grab a color frame right there in the body frame reader. Grab the latest color frame. And then use both of those, and you'll be at 30 frames a second all day long, and it'll be fast. So I actually wrote an abstraction called Connect Tools, which is free, and it's on GitHub. Carl Franklin is my name. Connect Tools has a 
uh, a thing that abstracts that process that it, it's like a multi-frame reader that just gives you an event but it all all works at 30 uh 30 uh frames per second even in fairly low light it's wonderful and and i of course am very familiar with your connect tools product yeah awesome this, but this also begs the question, like, where can you run these things that you have to have that much control over light? Like, it sounds like the mall is impossible. It's, it's, uh, I, I alluded to it also. It's that this is so powerful. This information is so powerful, but that the brands and the CPGs really don't care about accuracy. They don't, you know, engineers who look at our demo, they, they want it to be a hundred percent accurate every freaking time. Right. And, and they hate the demo because of that. But you put it in front of the CPGs and the brands and they freak out. They don't care if you're half right. What they care about is if you're 50% right and they can target the right content at you, that's an opportunity for a conversion. Uh, sorry, conversion is um, buying something. Meaning you looked at it and then you bought it. That's called a conversion in this world. I have another announcement. Gesture pack. Open sourcing it. Probably as of now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's going open now, source. Now get it to work on Linux. No, somebody else can do that. <laughs> That's another um, project that just came out of our R&D. We're probably running out of time, so let me quickly tell you. Uh, I saw, this is going to be hard to describe, but I saw the, the, the Nirvana of Connect yesterday here at... Uh, um, here at Internology, we have built uh, Connect tracking on an iOS device and on Android. We're, we're shoving the data through Bluetooth. Great. Dis distributed Connect. Why in the world would you ever do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, engineers playing around and saying, holy cow, we can pull this off. But But a use case would be you know, augmented reality. Instead of like Richard, this is this is totally Stacy's world. Yep. So instead of standing for in front of a giant screen and the connect painting the clothes on me for everyone to see, we can do it on your Android device. You can see yourself on your own phone. Right. In the clothes. Yeah. Well we've been doing that with Signal R here at Pwop uh to to get into the browser and to also get onto other devices. You know, SignalR is just a generic sockets-based API that works everywhere. Yeah, and in my in my ignorance, you know, the the connect the new connect device requires USB3 because it shoves data so quickly. Now, I I just didn't I wasn't aware that low power bluetooth could transfer the data so quickly, but it does. And it and it does it in real time. It, it's really quite amazing. I'm a little soured on Bluetooth, but maybe it's gotten better. So we all hate Bluetooth, right? <laughs> it's it's yeah. uh, you can't live you can't live with it. You can't live without it. I can live without it. <laughs> well, you know, remember <laughs> NFC was the bold promise, and there was never a software s standard for it. And Starbucks build their own NFC thing, and now I hear that NFC is dying because of it. And it's a really cool technology. But you know what? So is the fax. The fax is an awesome technology built in the 50s. Yeah. Still relevant today in many cases. Only if you're a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, guys, is that a show? I think so. I think that's a show. Tim, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I wish we could hang yeah. out more. Awesome. We don't spend enough time together, gentlemen. Indeed. All right, we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.